Hi everyone, I'm Tom Miller, editor of SolarView Podcast, and today we're talking predictions for 2020. And to help us stare into that prediction crystal ball, today I have Baywa RE Solar Systems Chief Commercial Officer Daniel Marino and VP of Operations David Dunlap on the line. Thanks for joining me today, both of you. Happy to be here. Nice to be here. So I think you both have some really valuable information to share with solar contractors regarding what you see potentially happening for 2020. David, why don't we start with you? What do you see ahead in 2020 and beyond? Well, Tom, I think the main thing we're going to see is an unprecedented rate of change. I mm-hmm. also think um, complexity around different technologies and how those technologies interact is going to be another big one. I think the biggest challenge for solar contractors is going to be standardizing their offerings and trying to stay stable from a sales pipeline standpoint. With all this change coming, consistent future availability will certainly be a big factor. All the things that contractors thought they could count on remaining unchanged, uh, the way they used to predict product pipelines and future sales, I think that's going to be really tough to stay ahead of the curve. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you think contractors are going to need to think even further ahead now? Definitely. Um, If they're selling a project today with, um, just as an example, an LG 350 watt module, but they'll be installing it six months from now, the question will be, will you you still be able to get those specific modules? Mm. And that's important to know because electrical permitting requirements in most jurisdictions are are very specific. Um, If you sell a job and submit uh, a permit, uh, maybe a different example, a 310 watt full cell module, but what you actually receive six months down the road because of changes in availability and production from the vendor um, are 315 watt split cell modules. Those new modules may not meet the same conditions of the permit, and this might require re-permitting. It also might change the terms of the contract you signed with a homeowner. Okay, so maybe to, to reiterate, is this correct? You think contractors should be weighting future availability heavily when bidding, selling, and planning jobs in 2020? Absolutely. Um, What I'm going to bid should be a big question. And I know many contractors are doing this today, but it's sort of a question of how far out in time Mm -hmm. Um, or building in a buffer or being a bit more flexible and resilient um, in their bid specifications. If you do it wrong, it could cost you money in redesigning and permitting. If you've designed for a specific form factor, but the only modules available six months later are taller or wider, your geometry and racking might be off. Um, So, you know, it's painful to deal with larger rectangles. doesn't seem obvious, but it it would be. So they could run into issues around local codes, um, such as module level uh, shutdown. There are a lot of different things out there and more coming. Um, So they need to make sure, for example, the optimizer that's being used to optimize and solve the rapid shutdown has the exact uh, connector specification that matches up with the module. Mm. If it doesn't, even those two components that are electrically compatible they're not going to be UL listed or certified for use in that configuration. And any given jurisdiction might not allow it. Right. And we have an article about module connectors that people can check out on solar-distribution.com. Check that out. So David, would you say perhaps, you know, maybe a focus on quote unquote better planning might be the biggest takeaway for solar contractors looking ahead? I think that's the crux. Um, Mm -hmm. The message is you need to work closely with your supplier to get better forward-looking information on the timing of changes than you ever have before. This will help you plan better. Um, You can no longer wait until just the day before the job to get what you thought you could get six months ago. That's just absolutely not going to work going forward. Right. Daniel, um, how about you? Let's talk a little bit about the module space. What are your what are your top of mind thoughts about what's ahead in 2020 for modules? I agree with David. Change 
change and complexity are the big themes right now. We're seeing a lot of technological innovation in general. Mm -hmm. Some of this is resulting from IP dynamics, whether it's patents running out or opportunities opening up for a variety of manufacturers uh, or IP workarounds causing product changes as all of these companies are trying to remain competitive in the marketplace. But mm -hmm. there's also a trend towards higher efficiency and larger form factor modules. We're seeing the rise of bifacial technologies and, and yet another round of attempting to mainstream AC modules. The module industry is gravitating from poly to mono quickly and now mono perk as has become the dominant technology over the past two years. But there are multiple new technologies that are arguably fundamentally different technologies that are coming to the market and they're going to scale quickly over the next several years. Mm -hmm. We'll see a wave of storage products, smart home related innovation across 2020 and beyond. So really, I think the name of the game for the next couple of years is going to be the story of new technologies and rapid product roadmap changes. Through this, contractors are going to have to struggle and work harder than ever to adapt to the, the pace of these changes. Okay. Well, look, what about, you know, beyond 2020 years out? Can you give me a sense of that? Well, let me look at my crystal ball here for a second. I, right. <laughs> I think starting from, starting from a supplier, uh, supply and demand perspective, Chinese manufacturers are likely going to have to ramp up supply. Well, they are ramping up supply in Southeast Asia faster than official announcements. That's my belief. So okay. I, I think there's going to be a good chance that we have more supply than demand for the U.S. market by early 2021. Uh, logically, that's likely to cause pricing to soften come November or maybe even December later this year. Mm. And, and as I look forward past that, I, I think it's likely we'll see a period of oversupply. And, and then ultimately through next year, 2021, before we see demand rebalance um, with supply. Uh, and, and that would result in sort of a gradual pricing downward trend. Mm. Um, I think there's likely to be multiple adjacent new technologies that will compete with the old technologies. It will, it will take some time for the old technologies to phase out, but we will see Monoperk, for example, begin to be supplanted by a new technology. Okay, great. Well, thanks for taking a stab at 2022 and beyond. I appreciate that. David, let's turn back to you. On the, on the technology side, do you see any big changes ahead for what goes on roofs you know, and how it goes on roofs? I've heard a lot about you know, building integrated PV, for example. Um, sure, there's a there's definitely a lot of interest, um, but we still have some of the same fundamental service questions. How do you address solar related warranty or service issues apart from roof issues? Mm. Who is liable for those? Should a solar roof last longer than a traditional roof or the other way around? Also, a lot of these solutions uh, suffer from much lower efficiency. So you have to put in two or three times the amount of PV in order to get the same system output. Or even if the system is fairly efficient and has reasonably good output, the cost might be exorbitant. Um, more importantly, a lot of the current solutions can't get past current fire and electrical codes. And when you're dealing with a building code, an electrical code, and a solar-related code, those are all very hard to reconcile. So I don't think we're going to see anything dramatically new in integrated PV uh, this year. Hmm. Daniel, thoughts? I think most people are still thinking that in, until solar makes another massive technology leap in terms of efficiency, mm -hmm. uh, a roof plus a solar array remains the best solution. And I, I think the focus will be on making it more aesthetically pleasing, cheaper, and then faster 
for the installer to install and service ultimately. Yeah, I agree with that. And in terms of other technologies, I already see a future where commercial buildings have PV vertical glass, where the PV is completely integrated. And that doesn't mean that retrofit um, solar goes away. There's still tons of opportunity in that segment. Until you've put solar on every old building, that work isn't going to stop. But I think the conversation will be less about how do we best install solar on the roof and over time moving to how to most efficiently energize a building. Long-term sustainable energy inside the building infrastructure um, with the housing doing the electricity production instead of the utility is, is one way that, that we're, we're likely to be heading. Right. And we might see a lot more solar installed, for example, on floating systems. We're seeing companies play around with solar pavement, solar paint, and even solar park benches. And the list goes on and on. So while complexity is definitely, increasing complexity is definitely the key phrase in 2020 and beyond, the future looks really exciting and profitable. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'd like to wrap it up here. David, I'll give you the last word. Um, how is Baywa RE going to bring value in 2020, uh, especially in the face of all the change and complexity we've just enumerated? You know, what are you watching for? Um, there's just going to be so much new stuff for us to keep our eyes on. Um, but fundamentally, um, for 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 us here at Baywa RE, it's all about the due diligence. If we believe that a new product offering is going to have significant challenges for our contractor partners, then we're going to be hesitant to offer it unless we see that there's a really robust way to address and solve those challenges. We're never going to ask our contractor partners to take on something that just doesn't make sense for their business. Um, and that all goes back to having open and robust communication. Um, we can do a lot in terms of identifying the right products and advanced planning support if we understand our contractor partner's goals and where they want to go. So in short, we're going to stick with our core strategy, which is to work largely within our existing partnerships, which are incredibly strong, um, understand their offerings and how they address the market opportunities. And we'll take that information and pass along to our contractor partners to help them make the best business decisions um, that they can possibly make. Okay. Well, great. That's all the time we have today. Uh, thanks so much to Daniel Marino and David Dunlap for taking the time. I uh, hope to talk to you both soon. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.